Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Almost 30 Podcasts. So nice to have you here. It's Lindsay and Krista. Thank you for choosing Almost 30. We are one of many, but we feel very lucky to have you here. How's everybody feeling? Let's do a little check-in, maybe a little deep breath. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Feeling into the body. I saw something. You know, the internet's so wild. And someone was saying, like, 5G reduces the oxygen in the atmosphere. And something about that. And I was just like, okay. And you know, you always think that. And you're like, okay, now, what do I do with that information? So now in the city, I'm like, oh my gosh. You're holding your breath. Can I breathe? Yeah. (laughs) Like, is it okay for me to breathe? (laughs) I mean, who knows? Truly, who knows? Yeah. We have like a... Actually, don't hear it right now. We have a little ringing yes. going on in this room, and I'm like, "Where do I need to put a somavedic, or mm-hmm. where do I need to get like a?" It a makes Wi-Fi you crazy blanket. a little bit. Yeah, it's so, and I'm so, you. We we both are super sensitive. Like my ears are, will ring kind of more randomly, and I am convinced it's because. I'm like caught in a web of like 5G. I know, <laughs> of like whatever the frick these like crazy rays. But um, we're so excited to have you. If you're a Jenna Kutcher fan, this is perfect. And we're really glad that you're listening to the show. We had such a good time recording with her. And I think we've been um, looking forward to doing this for quite some time. I remember mm. the old days of the yes. podcast. We've been around for six years now. And I remember being in my kitchen of our like piece of crap apartment (laughs) years ago in Venice. (laughs) And just like reaching out to the team, talking to Kylie, her podcast manager about her coming on. And it just like never ended up working out. She was on maternity leave for the first time with Coco. And so that was, I think she was preparing for it or was on it. Then eventually, you know, we've been able to do this and we are also on her show. So definitely listen to that one if you don't listen to Gold Digger already. But Lindsay and I, before this, were talking about all the things we've learned from Jenna you know, from afar these past couple years, just like listening to the show, consuming her content. Mm -hmm. And she is someone that I really do look up to. I feel like she is just super organized, super inspirational, really does it from a genuine place. And her systems management, like I cannot. I know. My Virgo rising is like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about that. Just how like she is one of you know, a few people that I can really say that I've taken time to like really take in how she does things rather than, you know, the content is obviously amazing and super helpful. But I think as like a fellow entrepreneur, a fellow podcaster, it's like how she does things. It's always super intentional. It's always authentic and in her voice. Um, It's fun. Like it has that like element of... um just kind of like demystifying becoming an entrepreneur, demystifying uh, Instagram. And she does so in a way that's really inviting. And it's just because she's being Jenna, mm-hmm. you know? And I just love that about her. And the strategy, you know? Like, I don't, I don't think... What I love about when I receive her stuff, via email, Instagram, what have you... The strategy is so like beautifully integrated that it's not like in your face, mm-hmm. but it works yes. and it doesn't feel like weird. It's mm-hmm. just so, it's so integrated. Yeah. You like, don't know it. what's, you don't know you're being sold to. It's not being sold to, but yeah. you don't know that there's offers or you don't know that there's, because you're receiving value within it. And it's very like touching on the right things. Yes. 
And what I've noticed, and even talking to Kylie, her podcast manager, when we were at Podcast Movement in Nashville a few months ago, was just how tight and dialed their systems are. And I think some one of the biggest things I've learned is that when you have super tight dialed systems, you actually have more time to live your life outside of work. So sometimes we look at all, having different systems in practice or having different ways in which that we organize the business as something that will take us away from our lives because it takes time to set things up and you really have to spend time managing these systems. But I've found in noticing and watching her and even in our conversation that it gives her more freedom. Yes. You know, for her to go on maternity leave again, she set up everything within a business and we all know, you know, if you're entrepreneurs that sometimes it can feel like if you're not working, the business isn't working. And I know Lindsay and I definitely feel that way. So for her to be able to set up her business so that she was supported in taking like a really nice maternity leave as a, you know, small business owner and then doing it again is just amazing. Mm-hmm. And you know, Kylie, her podcast manager, when we met her, they have like a really tight system of like specific days that they record, specific days, um, ways in which they like structure the flow for guests or they structure the flow for the interviews. And I just was like blown away because we're super tight with our systems, but you can always learn from people that are way ahead of you, like how they're doing things behind the scenes so that it can seem so free flowing and creative and natural from the outside. Yeah. And I think she gives a lot of autonomy to her team, yeah. which is great. And you know, we also try to emulate as well. Um, but like her, her work-life balance seemingly like to us seems balance. And I think it's because of those systems. And so I think she also, you know, communicates that with her team in the sense that I believe some of them are moms. Some, you know what I mean? Like she really encourages um, time with family, focusing on self, self-care, which um, is really inspiring to us. I mean, we've always done that, but I think like seeing someone like her mm-hmm. do that and still have an incredibly successful business, it's like, okay. Yeah, I remember when Marie Forleo came on and she's like, said the two weeks. Yes. She's like, within my business, I give my team off. We shut down for two weeks. I think Sophia Maruso does that now as well. So one week in the holidays and one week in the summer. And we did that this year during my wedding week, we gave everyone the week off. And then this year and during the holidays, we're going to do two weeks off. So we're going to do Damn, three weeks. <laughs> we're giving you guys a month off. I know, honestly. But it's hard when you're like a small business and mm-hmm. some people are contractors. So it's like, you never really feel like you have time because you're not always on your own schedule. When yes. you work at a corporate company, I always felt like, okay, I have this many days. Like I feel like I can use them. I should use them. But when you don't, when, the, when it's open-ended, it sometimes gets harder to take days off. Totally. And I think that's why they do the unlimited PTO because they know it's like a weird thing if you're actually taking a lot. Yes, I completely agree. And they save a lot on paying people out because if mm-hmm. you quit, they have to pay you for unused time. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much it. Um, but I was thinking too uh, with Jenna, that's been super inspirational is um, how vulnerably she shares, you know, how vulnerably she shares with her audience and with her team, it sounds like, and even with us. And to be someone that's so successful and doing so much and then still be and in front of a really big audience and still be really vulnerable and honest about your life and sort of how you're navigating it, I think is really beautiful to see, especially from like a woman leader. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like she, from the outside, it feels like she moves, she moves forward always where like if something, you know, with her community 
um, needs to be discussed, whether it's something happening in the world or what have you. Like she's just very like on the pulse and does not miss a beat. I just, I feel like she's always on it, whether it's on social media or doing like a short podcast episode. And I was also going to say just the fact that she has decided to, she kind of lives in the country of sorts. Yeah. So she's living, you know, on a lake and it's very secluded and peaceful and beautiful. And, you know, that just, it reminds me, and I think we were seeing that more and more, that it's possible to run a business that reaches a lot of people and not have to be in the hub or like where everyone is, if that makes sense, obviously because of the internet. But like, I also just respect the fact that she protects her peace in that way. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I know. So inspiring. And that you can be running your business from wherever and still really live like a nature-filled life yes. is so cool. And I think the last thing that inspired us even directly was um, her integrator. So mm-hmm. she has within yes. her company, someone's called an integrator. And this person works across all, all parts of the business and they support all parts of the business and they really make sure they're hitting timelines, deadlines. They're like filling in every single gap for launches, for programs, and they're communicating with everyone to make sure that everyone's always on the same page. And then also working with Jenna directly. So it's like, I think she's the main point person with Jenna Mm -hmm. and then sort of disseminates any information that needs to be done. And that really inspired us to hire our online business managers. So we have two online business managers. They're amazing. And they pretty much are integrators, which were... And they work across the business. They do our team calls. They do our finance. They do sort of like executive assistant stuff. But really, they help us with all of our launches and a lot of tech backend. So they do so much. They've been so incredibly helpful. And I'm so grateful. And I don't think I would have known about that role without um, Jenna. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, it really allows you to be like in your genius. Mm-hmm. you know. And I think she she focuses on that where if she knows when her energy is being kind of like drained with something that doesn't really either within her scope of of genius or doesn't really light her up. So yeah, we love, we love you, Jenna. Thank you for joining us. Um, this episode I love because we also talk about just kind of like the the vulnerabilities in getting pregnant for a second time. We talk about her relationship and how it's like in our world, unconventional. She mm-hmm. is uh you know, the breadwinner of the family and they made a conscious choice in their partnership that um, her husband would be a stay-at-home dad. And I thought that was just so beautiful. And we, of course, talk business and entrepreneurship. And yeah, I can't wait to like hang in person. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> Same. We got to talk just like one-on-one before we got started and it was just incredible. So you can find Jenna Kutcher, jennacutcher.com. You can find her on Instagram, Jenna Kutcher. And then the podcast is the Gold Digger Podcast. And it is so good. So enjoy this one. We are also on her show. So definitely listen to us there. And if you would be so kind to subscribe and write a review. It just takes a few seconds and it means so much for Lindsay and I, just like a nice way to support the biz. You can go to almost30.com for all of our courses, our programs, information about our membership, information about Lindsay and I. And then we're on Instagram mostly. It's almost 30 podcast. And then YouTube, almost 30. Yes. And I'm at Lindsay Simsick on IG. And I'm at It's Krista. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you on the other side. Enjoy this one. Enjoy. Major announcement from Almost 30. We are hosting Space Camp on January 28th. This is our favorite event of the year. Camp Almost 30 has gotten 
a little bit of a rebrand because we were feeling like, I think we're ready to really go there (laughs) with our community. So we are welcoming guests who we feel have really taken us to a whole other planet in our interviews and in our conversations with them. So guests like Brie Melanson, she is going to be doing a workshop on psychic development, find and tap into your gifts. She is a teacher and channel and one who has really been such a support and teacher for Chris and I throughout the years. We are welcoming Jordan Younger. So she is going to help us find our galactic origins. She is the podcast host of the Balanced Blonde podcast. She's an author. She's a spiritual teacher. We're also welcoming Lee Harris, who recently was on the podcast in a two-part episode, and he is going to channel the Z's live for us. How special. He does not do this often, so we feel very, very, very lucky. And we will also be welcoming Sandra Walter. So she is going to be teaching on Ascension 101, the crystalline grid and higher realm support. She is so special. She's a light worker and teacher and has been on the podcast. And Krista and I are going to be sharing a very, very, very special experience, heavenly coated Reiki infused sound bath. And I'm excited for you all to join us. So this is happening on January 28th from 10 to 2 p.m. PST. Make sure you sign up. Space is limited, but it's absolutely free. Absolutely free. We're excited to welcome you. And this is the kickoff to membership opening. So membership is going to be open indefinitely now. So you can join membership for six months at a time and really, really focus uh, and support your growth. It is our favorite place to just come and be ourselves and really get super intimate with you all, more intimate than on the podcast. So I'm excited for you all to join the membership, but head to almost30.com slash space dash camp. That's almost30.com slash space dash camp, space dash camp. (laughs) Say that 30 times. Almost30.com slash space dash camp to sign up for camp. Absolutely free. We will see you on January 28th. It's so crazy. And I know this journey with pregnancy has been different and you've had, um, you know, you experienced miscarriages before Coco. Um, I'd love to just catch everyone up with how this pregnancy journey has been, having your second, how different it feels, how your relationship has changed, and even your relationship with your body and how you approach Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, it's been such a wild ride. I I was really reflecting on it the other day. I was reading to Coco at bedtime and she was trying to sit in my lap and it's getting more uncomfortable as my belly grows. And there was a line in her book that was just like something about like, I, I wanted you more than you ever will know. And I like, I always get emotional because I'm just like, gosh, if she only knew like how hard we fought for her, golly, we're getting one minute into the show and it's already beginning. Um, <laughs> and so it's just so crazy because it's like something that I will never take for granted. And what I think is super, super interesting is like the path to motherhood, motherhood, the journey of it every single piece of it holds its challenges. And when you're in one season, it's hard to be like, I remember just when I wanted so desperately to have a baby, seeing people complaining about like morning sickness and being like, I would do anything to have morning sickness because it means I'm pregnant. But I think what I've come to terms with a lot 
is that we as women often discount the challenges because we know someone out there has it worse than us. And I think that I've come to this like acceptance that like every season can hold these like blessings and challenges simultaneously. And one doesn't balance out the other. One doesn't take away from the other. So Coco will be three by the time this baby arrives or close to three. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just been such a wild journey. We had two losses leading up to her. It was a three-year process process. And, um, in that process, I, I both hated and came home to my body and it was a long process of, of all of that. And this time around, I just trusted my body so much more. And I, I just believed cause I knew what the outcome could be, but I also knew that even in those really heartbreaking seasons now, knowing what I know now, it was worth it. And so being a little bit more open to like whatever happened. So it is wild having a companion with you constantly. It's like, you know, little (laughs) kicks and nudges and like mom time to eat kind of feeling, but um, it's wonderful too. Uh, Coming home to your body, you know, what did, what did your journey leading up to that period look like as far as your relationship with your body? And then to go through miscarriages and just go through that challenge, that challenging season with your body. How have you taken those steps to come back? Yeah. So we had our first loss and I felt it was so crazy because I called my sister. We were in Hawaii when I found out I was pregnant and I called my sister and I said the weirdest thing to her. And I said, oh my gosh, I just found out I'm pregnant. I can't believe it. And I said, if I lose this baby, we're going to share it because I have to give it meaning. And I, and my sister remembers being like, that is such a weird thing to say for mm-hmm. someone who's never experienced that. And I think that was my first sense of mothering intuition maybe. But um, the first time we had a miscarriage, I felt like there was purpose. I felt like God placed this loss in my life so that I could talk about it because it was such a stigmatized topic. Very few people talked about it. The second time I had written this redemption story in my head, right? Like God is good and this baby came after this loss and all these things. And so after we had heard that heartbeat and then gone back to hear the news that there wasn't one, I was so angry. I was angry at God. I was angry at my body. And I remember having this moment the day that we found out that we had lost another pregnancy being like, something's wrong with me. Like there is something wrong. I'm not able to do what I'm supposed to do. What is wrong with me? And what's so wild is the journey of entrepreneurship and motherhood for me has been so deeply intertwined. And when I started to seek answers, um, I went to a naturopathic fertility doctor because I just believed in the core of my being that like my body is capable of this. And I know that's not the case for everyone by any means. I think science is so incredible. But um, I found out things like my cortisol levels were insane. I was always stressed. My body was in like fight or flight mode because of the way I was running a business. My adrenals were shot. I, I mean, there were so many things wrong because my body was screaming at me to slow down and and to be still and to rest. And I wasn't listening to it. And I didn't listen to it until I had that compelling enough reason, which was this desire for motherhood to do that. And it took me so long to just trust my body. And I remember when I found out that I was pregnant with Coco, I started writing these letters to her. And it was so... It's wild for me to read them because it was like, 
are you there? Is this real? Like, can I believe that you're coming? And then the next one would be like, I feel it. Like, I know this is it. This is it. You're coming. And then, you know, and it's just such a mental roller coaster. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, the journey has been so much of like, and I think, again, this goes in hand in hand with success is so often we think like, what, what do I want success to look like? instead of focusing on what do I want it to feel like? Mm -hmm. And I think for our bodies, so often we think, what do I want my body to look like? Instead of asking, how do I want my body to feel? Mm -hmm. And so that's been a very transformative shift for me um, that I've taken into pregnancy and motherhood. And um, I think it just changed a lot for me. Mm. That's huge. And I love the, the feeling shift because I've had that as well in the past year where I find myself pushing and you know, I'm like, oh, I want to be there. I want to be as successful as this person or I want to be expressed successfully in this way. And I have to constantly remind myself like, oh, in this moment, I'm deeply happy. Like yeah. when I'm with my husband or when I'm with my friends or when I'm eating good food, I'm like, I have to remind myself that even with the simplest of situations, I'm deeply happy. And if yeah. that is the end goal, I can live that end goal in the moment. Um, yeah. But I really loved when you talk about the adrenals and your hormones, because I went through my own hormone um, journey myself. When you did that testing, what sort of changes did you have to oh. like make in your life? Because you built your business on hustling and on hard work. So what sort of things did you do to allow yourself to make the shifts? Yeah, there was so much. It was such an eye-opening experience because I think a lot of times we tune out our intuition. We stop listening to our body. And I think a lot of times I looked at life like almost like my body and spirit were separate, like that they weren't this like integrated whole that could communicate as one. So I remember my doctor called with my cortisol results and she's like, what are you doing at nine in the morning? Your cortisol is flying up in the morning. And I was a really big CrossFitter at the time. And I love CrossFit, but I am competitive by nature. I used to be a gymnast. Like I was five days a week, never took a single day off. And she was like, your body is like screaming and then it's crashing. And every Mm. single day I would get home and I'd be so exhausted that I'd take a nap Mm -hmm. and things like that. And she's like, you know, I think you need to start walking. I think you need to start doing (laughs) yoga. I think you need to meditate. Like, so simple shifts like that. I also found out I had a massive gluten intolerance and I was the mac and cheese girl. Like I literally was the mac and cheese girl. And it was devastating, (laughs) but it was so funny because I literally went cold turkey almost five years ago on gluten because again, my why was strong enough. I think I realized that for a lot of the things that I wanted in my life, my why was always tied to what it looks like, what my body looks like. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, this calling is so much bigger. Like, And so I cut out gluten. I cleaned up all of my products. I started like unplugging, like Drew and I do not sleep with cell phones in our bedroom. They're in our kitchen. Like, so just a lot of these things that are just like good for anyone, like reducing your caffeine, reducing alcohol, like where it's like, I I look at that now and I'm like, man, I'm so grateful that I dug into my health in that way because Mm -hmm. I have a a deeper understanding, but a deeper admiration for our bodies. Um, And it also just absolutely transformed the way that I work. And I, I look at that season of waiting of those three years and I can now see that it was exactly 
what I needed to be working in the sense of not hustling, but in creating the type of life I wanted that supported the type of mother I wanted to be. Mm. Yeah, that happened to a dear friend of ours too, where she had a really hard time getting pregnant and in that time was able to really set herself up for a pregnancy that is like a pregnancy and then post-pregnancy of her dreams. And it was just really beautiful to see that. And I know that's true for you too. Yeah. And just that like pushing and then crashing or the marathons that we put ourselves through for a particular goal. I just feel like that's so, so real and so rewarded. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. in our industries and just across industries, actually, Mm -hmm. like if you're staying up until two in the morning, it's like good for you. Mm -hmm. Like you get a badge of honor at work, you get the promotion, what have you. So, you know, I think it just sounds like it's been such a gift. I'm actually curious, probably selfishly, like for, you as a business owner transitioning into more ease, more play, more space, more maybe time away from the business. How have you done that effectively? And has it been something that's caused you anxiety? Has it been easy? What has been the experience? Yeah, it's crazy. I was just telling Drew last night that I now have the trust in myself to pump the brakes and trust that I know where the gas pedal lies. Mm. And I think that for so many women, we believe that our success is a fluke or that we're going to miss our big break or that the world is going to see our momentum slow down and believe that we stopped or we failed or we were never successful in the first place. And I think that what's so beautiful is I trust myself to figure it out when I'm ready to now. Whereas before, I think I forced myself to figure things out fast and to keep moving and to not slow down. And so it's been amazing. I I feel like I literally had to train myself how to rest. Like we train ourselves to learn new marketing strategies. We train ourselves to do better in our career. We train ourselves in every area of life, whether it's athletics or things, but we convince ourselves that we're incapable of resting. And it's almost like I needed like a couch to 5k program in learning how to rest. <laughs> where it was like five minutes a day. Then it was maybe like 10 minutes a day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? Yeah, you won't think And it's like, I, I needed that. And it, <laughs> I had tricked myself into believing that like I was just incapable of resting. And um, it's amazing now what balance looks like in boundaries because when I hear people say things like I worked until 2 a.m., to me, now it signals like something's out of whack or like you're not working on the right things Mm -hmm. or like you're lacking boundaries. And so it's funny because I don't glorify that anymore. And I think that my secret sauce is like where the woo meets the work. Mm -hmm. Like I believe in like, you know, power of intention and manifestation, but I also believe in work. And like, how do we spiritually like take care of ourselves while doing work that is meaningful and purposeful and kind of finding the identities both in the work, but outside of the work. And so it's been amazing because I think a lot of us hold these visions for our futures. Like for me, my vision of like becoming a mom was like being a present mom Mm -hmm. and like being the type of mom who like, you know, puts her daughter to bed every night, wakes her up every morning. And like, I am that mom. I start work later. I watch baby shark in the middle of the day. Like there's things that where it's like, but this is it. Like, this is why we worked so hard to do this. And so I don't feel guilt at all working at a slower pace. My business really hasn't changed all that much. I just am better at asking for help. Um, And then I think too, I'm just at a place where I'm like, I'm trusting that 
I can coast a little bit or I can pause a little bit. And when and if I'm ready to go full steam ahead, the world is waiting. Mm. Yeah, I think at the beginning too, you were definitely speaking to fears that I have. You know, as a business owner, it's like if we stop, it'll all go away. Yes. We're becoming irrelevant. You know, that sort of thing yes. is so real, I think, mm-hmm. in the business that we're in. But it is beautiful when you are an entrepreneur for a little bit longer than um than previous. You know, Lindsay and I have been in the game for six years now. You realize that there are seasons. And yes. now I can sort of look back to the seasons where I'm like, oh, wow, year two was it was an interesting season. Like year four yeah. brought these things. So for you in your life, what sort of season are you in, both professionally and personally? Yeah, I think I'm in a season of shifting. So I think that I am in a very transformative season. I was telling someone the other day, like, I don't want to be the Instagram expert forever. In fact, like there are things where you become known as something and it becomes part of your identity. (laughs) Yes. And I'm like, I, I am ready to like give up that title to someone who devotes their time to the platform because I am no longer that person. So I feel like I'm definitely shifting. And I feel like right now, looking at the world that we're in, women are just in this place where they're questioning like, Am I in alignment? Is this career what I want? Am I going in the direction that is actually meant for me? And I feel like, I mean, there's so many women leaving the workforce. There, One in four people are looking for other jobs. Like, I think that 2020 shook us in a way that was like, what do you want? Like, get mm-hmm. quiet enough with yourself. The world has paused. What is it that you're working towards? And so it's just so interesting because I think that I have found this balance of doing something I love, making a great impact, but also having a life and living it. And not for show, not for things like we went on a trip earlier this year for two months and people didn't even know we were gone. And I think that, you know, having that protective boundary of like letting people in to connect, but also preserving your life um, has been something that I've learned and, and something that I'm evolving into and like wanting to invite women into that space too, because I think our identities continue to shift. And I think that it's really easy to get lost in those identities and just stay there because it's safe and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're such a way shower for that. And I'm just really thankful because I, I do think that especially women and we're all on social media most for the most part, whether it's for business or personal. And there is like this anxiety, this low level anxiety that exists around like being relevant, whether it's to family and friends or to a bigger platform. And so to give that permission or to model that I think is really, really impactful. At least it is. um, It is for me. I'm curious, you know, your relationship with your husband. We talked about this off air a little bit. I just loved when you spoke about how, uh, or spoke about that conversation that you had when he decided to be a stay-at-home dad full-time and you were going to, quote, like go to work and, and yes. run your business. And I'm curious like what that experience was like both for you, for him? And then also, did you have any like pushback judgment? Was there any yes. like friction there? Yeah. So, uh, so my husband and I are celebrating 10 years this year of marriage, which is wild. We got married when we were 20. 
three. Wow. So yeah, we were babies out of college. And it's so cool because we've really like transformed into who we are. I mean, at the time I had zero entrepreneurial pursuits or desires. Um, And it's so interesting because he his career path was like, he just never could find his place. And like, he was in sales. So he sold wine. He sold billboards. He sold cell phones. He sold insurance. He could sell anything. Uh, He's so charismatic. And what's so interesting is um, when we, we were on this vacation in Hawaii, it was like our once in a lifetime that became many times in a lifetime after we experienced it. And I remember asking him like, if you could do anything, what would you do? And he said, be a stay at home dad. And it was shocking to me because for the first five years of our marriage, we never had any desire for children. We were very, we didn't envision it. We loved our freedom. We loved just the two of us. We loved the simplicity. And so once that desire had been kind of put on both of our hearts separately, when we went through the miscarriages, it was so devastating, not just for me on a personal level, but also feeling like Mm. I was dropping the ball on his dream, right? Like in order for him to be a stay-at-home dad, I need to be able to have a baby. And so it was really, I think I carried a lot of that burden of like holding him back from his dream, knowing that our lives and my business could support that vision. But it almost felt like we were stuck in this like in-between while we were in that season of waiting where we knew what his desire was. But it was like, you can't not do anything while we're waiting. Like you still got to work and do something. And so when Coco came along and everything, it, it was so unique to figure out these roles and to figure out what it looks like. And for babies really they do need their mom a lot, especially if you're (laughs) nursing. And so it was like interesting being like, well, what can you do to support right now? Because really she just needs my boobs. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, you know, as she got more independent, I remember um, she was six weeks old and I got a call to go to this mastermind. And I just had this feeling in my gut that I needed to go. And it was terrifying. I mean, I had zero plans to leave this new baby. And my mom and Drew were like, you need to go. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to do this. Like, I just, you, I, they really encouraged me. And it was like two days that I was gone, but I like was so terrified by it. And it was so cool because I came home and he just had this confidence. And he was telling me what their new schedule was. And like, just this like ownership of like, oh, and that was the first glimpse that I got of like, wow, this is like what it is. And it's been amazing because the more that he stepped into that role and owned it, the more that we respected each other's position. And I think my biggest thing in life is like, I get so much external validation and recognition because of my job, because of my career, because of the internet how can I pass those same feelings onto him as he's behind the scenes, right? No one sees that work. No one sees the million stories he reads or the way that he makes a race car track for her trike, like those kind of things. And so, yeah, it's been really special. And I think too, her entire life, we've never had help outside of the home. So it has literally just been the three of us. And I I love that because we just have so many memories together and like, it's just, it's awesome. So- Yeah, it's beautiful. And I think 
the funniest thing that happens is like whenever we meet people and we share like a little bit about our life or like that, we split our time between places or things. They always look to him and say, well, what do you do? Assuming that he's the breadwinner. And he's like, I stay at home and watch this little girl. And then he like points to me and does like a little wink. And it's like, we always have this inside joke of like, we got this. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. When you, so how do you, I guess, how do you make him feel special and how do you you know is it in your communication or how do you show Mm -hmm. that you love him and adore him and sort of pass that along like what are some actionable things that you do yeah I mean so we are we are weird like I I sometimes like last night we went we go to bed together every single night at the same time like we're the type of people that you need double sinks because you're brushing your teeth side by side (laughs) so like every night we read like a devotional together we say Mm -hmm. what we're thankful for we just spend that time and we create those routines so it's just a part of our lives but every single day I try to just acknowledge something. Like I see it. It doesn't even have to be like, thank Mm. you for bringing the garbage out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thank you for swinging by the bank today. And I remember somebody saying once, like the secret to a marriage is not like keeping score. Like you guys are on the same team. Like you're batting for the same team. You're When you're tapping each other in and out, it's because you're going towards that same goal. And so I just always try to recognize those little things. And um, we like, sometimes I'll stand outside of her room if it's like a tough nap time and she doesn't want to go to bed, like holding a beer and just joking, like, here, you deserve this. Like, let's go. But yeah, I think it's just, it's just being open. And if I'm not recording something, I'm always available if they need me. Mm. But just seeing what they do and what goes into that as your partner, I Mm. think is just like, I see that. And I think just knowing somebody's paying attention in that way is so special. Mm. It's so beautiful. So, so beautiful. And it's so, it's so cool to see him, you know, on your Instagram sometimes. Like I just, and it's so felt, it's like so felt that he's so present that he's also just so proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. That is truly, truly felt. Is he excited for number two? Like, yeah, is he already strategizing how yes, he does like this? We are. We're <laughs> went to dinner. My mom watched Coco and we went to the pizza place where we catered pizza at our wedding. So when we were 23, we Amazing. had $0. <laughs> so we had pizza at our wedding because we paid for our wedding. Um, and so last night we actually went to the pizza place that catered our wedding, which was so nostalgic. Um, and we were saying, I was like, okay, with this baby, like I'll get up in the middle of the night, but you got to get up with Coco. And then like, we'll tag team. And I was like, as long as we can like give Coco focus time each day. Like, and so it's like, we're strategizing and I, I think I'm just going into it. I think the craziest thing about motherhood is amnesia. You forget about pregnancy. You forget about birth. You forget about, you forget about it all. That's why you keep doing it. So I'm like, oh, this baby, they just sleep all the time. It'll be totally fine. So we'll see what happens. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. It's even go, I love thinking about your wedding when you guys were so young, you know, it's, you were totally different people. And I feel like you've done a great job of evolving into these multiple roles, you know, photographer, you were in the corporate world, now you're a business owner, CEO. Um, And it feels like from the outside that you're never like with your heels dug in, resisting the evolution of who you are. So what's that been like? And how do you support your own evolution without being scared? Yeah. I think it's like, there's this fluidity of like, I am me and the world can give me titles or I can give myself titles, but like, I want to keep growing and evolving. I think that's the point of living. And 
there definitely have been times where it's been hard, like leaving the corporate world where you have like a super long title that sounds impressive to the world and shifting into the entrepreneurial space where you feel like you have to prove that it's not just a hobby was super hard for me. Like, I just remember being like, I'm a wedding photographer. I do 25 weddings a year. And like, what am I hanging my hat on at different parts of the journey? And I think sometimes it's like, why do I need to convince someone of my worth? Like, you know, like it's, it's, it reminds me of like when people, when I was pregnant with Coco, people would always say, is that your first? And I always felt this guilt around saying yes, because I had had two other pregnancies, but I started to learn, do they really need to know that? Are they invested in this process? And I Mm. think that it kind of taught me of like, my story is my own. My worth is my own. My title is my own. And so if I can see an integrity with that, then I think that's what the process is. But one of the things that I've learned as a leader, quote unquote, is that like leading is while you're in progress. Like I think a lot of times leaders wait to show up until they're an expert or they have all the answers. But I think taking people on the evolution is part of the invitation. And so... You know, I think that this next year I'm going to absolutely transform even more. And I think that my brand will transform, the business will transform, but I'll transform as a human. And I'm excited about it because I just think, like, imagine when you were a kid and you had like a play box with like all the different costumes you could wear. And like Mm -hmm. within 20 minutes, you could have like 10 different outfits on. It's kind of like, life is this adventure and like, let's play dress up and let's try things until they work and let's ditch them when they stop fitting and let's stop holding on to jeans that fit us 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and like be comfortable where we're at. And so I think identity is something I've been exploring a lot lately of just like, where is it found? Who gives it to me? What is it communicating and why do I care? You know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I have any of those answers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that really that really hits. Our coach Aaron Rose the other week said something that really stuck with me that relates to this. And he said, you don't owe anyone continuity. Just mm-hmm. kind of in the story of your life, like I think we can be so obsessed with it making sense mm-hmm. because we're yes. thinking about the questions that we're going to be getting from people or the eyes or the judgments or the projections. And it's so liberating when, yeah, you treat it like the adventure that it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, I'm curious, you know, I see you as such a, such an iconic creator. And I know that in our business, we find it challenging sometimes to find that just bubble where we can create and be ourselves and, and kind of go really far in the creation without thinking about who's going to see it. Is this too much? Is this too weird? But I do think that the responsibilities of running a business and managing people can be, I don't know, just kind of like thwarting that creative flow. So I'm curious like how you pull up and out and create that creative time for yourself and what that looks like. I think it's so hard. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, especially when you create a business around something you're passionate about and then you find yourself leading others, it's like none of us went to boss school, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I wish there was a boss school because I need it. Um, But it's funny because I think a lot of times for me, I think the biggest shift was recognizing that I was trying to be both the visionary and the integrator in my business. And that I couldn't do both. And I think a lot of times as founders, 
we are the person behind the vision, but to get that vision off the ground, we have to be the people doing every single thing. And so when you get the right team in place that allows you to continue moving forward while you can see that bird's eye vision that maybe other people don't understand or can't get or can't see, it can totally transform things for you. So I think the biggest thing is is learning to ask for help. And I think as a proud person, so often we can do everything. Like I, I can do every piece of my business, but I shouldn't. And, and I'm not needed to. And I've recognized that asking for help is actually giving someone a gift yes. to use their strengths. And so... It's like pride held me like white knuckling my business for so long. And when I finally loosened the grip and like opened my hands to what's possible, I started to see that like the things I dread, someone else loves. And I can create jobs and I can create opportunities and I can create ownership so that it's not just a me, but it's a we. But for creativity, like I even told Drew the other day, like, I I miss my little mini work travel trips that I did a lot before COVID. And I was like, I have not been alone literally in like a year and a half. And I, I told him, I was like, I like need to book a hotel room for like two nights, even in this city, just to like have that quiet time and that alone time to IDA and create and ask myself those questions and stuff. And so... It is interesting because I think as creative beings, like when we have an idea, we get obsessed, right? Like we we just we want to push it. And as digital creators, it's even easier to get caught up in that because we can get that immediate feedback. We can, you know, just push something out into the world super fast. But I'm kind of learning to like go slower and like just pause and like check myself. Like if I need immediate feedback on something, it's probably not a creation that I'm meant to be doing right mm. now. Like I need to create things just for the sake of creating and playing. And so trying to take a note from my daughter who we were playing with like kinetic sand this morning. It's like magnetic oh, sand. It's the best. Lindsay oh, had some. She's we like, like, touch this. I'm like, what? Yes! I love it. <laughs> it's amazing. It's the best stress yes. reliever. <laughs> Honestly. So I was like, things like, let's just play for the sake of playing. And yes. I think that having a toddler really teaches you that, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's in... You know, actually, your integrator. I know you have an integrator on your team, and that was something yeah. that really inspired Lindsay and I because we were oh. we were totally in that mentality of being the visionaries and then having to bring all of the ideas down and tell all the team. And we just hired online business managers, two of them who are amazing, and it's really thanks to that inspiration from you. And oh my gosh, it life is changing, literally, life changing, <laughs> literally, and, literally. And the biggest thing you said too is I had to remember, like, with each person that we hire on our team, like I would have loved to have the opportunity to work for a mission-led, heart-centered business. Like, oh my gosh. And so when we hire people or have people support us, it's not only beneficial to us, but it is to them too in their future. And, you know, they can see a better way. But you mentioned 2020 and, you know, last year was just such an interesting time. What are some of the things that you really learned from that year in personal life and in business? Yeah. I mean, there's so much from 2020 that I want to just keep with me and I'm like not ready to lose. I think that one, our true characters came out from all the statements that we've said in the sense of when life slows down, I'll do X, Y, or Z. Or when I have time, I'll do Mm -hmm. X, Y, or Z. Did you do those things? Because guess what? Life did slow down and life handed you this opportunity on a platter of time, whether it was time saved from commuting, time not traveling. Like there's 
you know, so that really, I think, challenged a lot of people who say, you know, someday I'll do this. That was a great opportunity. So I really loved that. We spent a lot of time. So we have a place that's tucked away in the woods, way northern Minnesota. It's like two and a half hours away from a Walmart, Target, McDonald's. Like it is unincorporated, middle of nowhere. And uh, we just had this blessed opportunity to kind of like fall in love with nature again. I would not have called myself like a nature girl by any stretch of the imagination. I now have hiking boots. I bike. Like, so we just kind of explored our own backwoods in a beautiful way. But I also think the biggest gift 2020 gave us was just awareness. I think that so many of us uh, have lived in our own bubbles. Uh, We have always, like I have always been someone that has been very defensive to feedback because I know Mm. my intention. Mm -hmm. And I think that integrity and intention and action all kind of came together and came to a head too when looking at like how are people being true leaders and like what does that look like? And one of the biggest mistakes I found that I had made early in my business that so many business owners are still making is that I had identified an ideal client and I had created for her for a decade. And that ideal client looked exactly like myself. Mm. She was just me a few years ago. And I think it's a natural mistake. I think it happens. But when you are creating for that one person, you are leaving out so many opportunities for different voices, different perspectives, different histories. And so it was very eye-opening for me as someone who, you know, believed and thought she was inclusive to really look at like, how do we walk the walk and what does that look like? And so it was an awakening like for myself. Um, It was an awakening for our community. It was, it was a lot. And I think that there's so much from being under a microscope in in a way that a leader is that makes you really look at yourself and and you know ask those hard questions. So there's so much from mm-hmm. 2020 that I think was blessings wrapped in a pandemic uh, that was absolutely challenging and heartbreaking for so many. Um, but there are things that I definitely want to take out of it. And I loved having a clear calendar with no social... No <laughs> events. No events. I know. we. There is a little bit of anxiety around events right now where I'm like, I know. Ah. I had a friend who did an event the other night and was like, we come to my event. And I was like, I don't want to break the seal. I'm yeah. so sorry. I love you so yeah. much. I'm going to give you all of the love, but I don't want to break the seal. I really yeah. can't go to an event right now. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. and I think what you said really struck about the ideal client because that's something that we've changed um, in the past year or so with our podcast clients is talking about our ideal client. I remember years ago, I was listening to a podcast and they're like, describe what they look like in detail. Yes. And now it's less about describing what they look like, but what they are interested in, what they feel mm-hmm. like. They're curious, they're passionate. They're, you know, all of these descriptors outside of how they look, which is the old model and leveraging yeah. and transitioning into the new model of like, what are they interested in and what are they like as a person? Yes. Yeah. I think it's like we should be creating with an ideal community in mind because community is what makes us grow. Mm -hmm. And I don't want the same chorus of voices at the table anyways. And so I think it's, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. And I think for so many people, it was just like, 
how do we do better? And like, how do we just continue evolving Mm -hmm. and learning? And so it's sad that it took so much for us to get there. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, once you see it, if you don't take action, then that speaks more in your leadership than anything else, you know? And just last thought on that too. I'm kind of thinking about, you know, the evolution of the internet. It's like, when we were growing up, we didn't have the internet. So we were essentially creating for the people that were immediately around us. So it actually makes sense that through evolution, now we have to think globally and from a communal perspective, that's a lot larger than ourselves. And so it's like, it's, it's horrible the way that people had to be thoughtful about inclusivity in a way that they weren't. But in a way for me, it makes sense that people would have thought most of their life to create for the people that were immediately around them and from a yeah. historical perspective and then have to transition to being more thoughtful and inclusive from like a global perspective. It's sort of the nature of how the internet's evolved and how to, how we engage with the internet. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I see you as someone who really can spot trends and really like usher people into new digital trends, ages. And I just find that so fascinating and a true gift. What do you, what are you feeling right now? 2021 into 2022, mm-hmm. whether it's on Instagram or other platforms and how, how we can really leverage it for, for good. I think that people are like craving more real life. And I think what was so cool about last year was that it kind of evened the playing field. Like no one was out and about. No one was (laughs) on trips. No one was at the fancy dinners. It was like, we were all at home. Celebrities are at home. It's like those old newspapers where it's like celebrities. They're just like like us. They have their own (laughs) gas. And like, it was like, no, we're all the same right now. Like we're facing, I think what was so unique about it is like for the first time in our lifetimes and hopefully the only time the world is collectively sharing an experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like when we look at like digital trends and stuff, it's like more honesty, less filters, like more here and now, like one thing that I I want to do more of, I need, it's like on my list that's been on my list forever. It's just like, just showing more like iPhone photos and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's so, as a photographer, it's been so ingrained <laughs> so in me. Like, <laughs> beautiful, like, I know. Be like in the moment on iPhone, I'm going to put that on my to-do list. <laughs> yeah, You like bring so it what? back to the to-do list. <laughs> I know. Well, and I'm like, I'm just so used to like produced, be- yes. like beautiful graphics because sure. I was a photographer. So it's like quality. I like have ingrained that. And I'm like, you know, people just love to see like the real. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I love that. And I also just think there's this influx of women who are questioning what they want to do, if they want to create their own economies online, where they want to go. If, you know, being like focusing on motherhood is their calling right now. Do they have the permission to do that? Do they have the ability to do that? So I just feel like we're in this awakening that I think is super exciting. And I think it will redefine a a lot of like how we look at womanhood, entrepreneurship, business, career. I just think there are a lot of conversations that are happening that are exciting. Did you know that the drugs we take to manage period cramps were invented in the 1950s and exclusively tested on men? (laughs) What? It's literally outrageous that there hasn't been more innovation when it comes to periods. Deloon is changing that with dietitian formulated solutions that relieve our symptoms while actually supporting cycle health. Because our cycles affect every aspect of our wellness, period pain, mood, sleep, skin, metabolism, energy, and 
more. I, I don't know about you, but you know, some, some months I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything has to stop, but it really can't <laughs> because I'm experiencing, you know, really bad cramps or headaches, fatigue, you, bloating, you name it. I've really tried a lot of things. And while I think I've gotten most of my symptoms under control, it doesn't mean they still don't happen and kind of disrupt my flow. So I was really excited to find Deloon and recommend it to a lot of my friends. And they have been absolutely loving it. I was talking to a friend the other day that experienced like really, really bad periods, cramps, and just all these symptoms. And she was so happy uh, to try Deloon. She's noticed that her symptoms have subsided. They don't last as long. They're not as intense. And she can really just be in her life, which is really nice. So Deloon Nutritional Solutions are dietitian formulated to work with your cycle health, not against it. It'll help you all month long while also relieving your cramps and PMS during your period. Deloon creates effective drug-free supplements for period cramps, PMS, and optimal cycle health. So you can get the relief you need naturally, which I'm all about, and start feeling like your best self. So if you want high potency, fast acting supplements for your period cramps, PMS, and really getting your cycle health in its prime top condition, like 92% of their customers report that relief, try Deloon. Leave bad periods behind and start the new year off with 23% off. Go to cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. If Deloon isn't the right match for you, your money back is guaranteed. That's cyclehealth.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to get 23% off plus free shipping. Oh, I felt that moment of, oh my gosh, these opportunities to compare myself Mm -hmm will be presented again. And I will be comparing myself potentially to other business owners who are speaking at this, doing this retreat, you know, doing all these things. And I was like, wow, I forgot how, how refreshing that was to have that moment where you did feel like, okay, we're all doing this thing. We all have this time. We all have this space. And it's... Do you want to know my hack for that though? Tell me more. Yes. I have the best hack for that. Whenever you start, so I, I caught myself in this and I think about it all the time. So when I was a wedding photographer, I remember seeing this person posting these wedding photos that happened in Paris. And I was like, oh my gosh, I would die to shoot a wedding in Paris. Oh, my land is so amazing. She's so lucky. And then I was like, wait, let me think about this. So she had to fly for 12 hours. Yep. She had to switch time zones. She had to haul her gear through an airport. She had to navigate the public transit system. She had to get up in a time zone that's totally different than hers. She had to protect her gear on the way back, go through security, like reverse engineering what it takes for someone to get that end result that you envy. A lot of times makes me negate those feelings because I'm like, (laughs) I am not willing to do any of those things. So therefore, why do I even want this Paris thing? Or like when I just really think about like what that person did, because now we know when we see this end product, how much work goes into it. It allows me to reverse engineer anything that makes me feel a certain way and be like, 
Am I willing to do that? If I am, go freaking do it and be mm-hmm. just like her. But 99.9% of the time, I'm like, no, I don't want to do any of those yes. things. That end result is no longer shiny to me. That's why I feel like sometimes like seeing, like when we look online at, because there's a lot of body conversation that happens online. You look at bodies and I think I'm like, wow, every day she's making an effort towards that body. <laughs> like every meal is yes. an effort towards that body in every yes. macro. Am yes. I willing and, to do that? Yeah, no. no, exactly. I'm like, wow, absolutely not. I cannot do that one day. And so it's, it is that, I've had that, had that conversation. I'm like, I know how much effort that takes. And that is not something I want to commit to doing. And it's also like maybe potentially produces more respect for that person rather than just like, ugh, that's bad. I wish I was that. It's like, whoa, damn, okay. I have respect. I'm like, every day you're choosing and you're living that choice. (laughs) You're eating chicken and eggs. Congratulations. Good for you. Amazing. I feel like this is like the perfect timing Mm -hmm. that we're... That yes, we're connecting, and I feel so blessed that it's just during a time in your life that is really exciting, and we get to see you. You know, we look, we've been looking to you for years, just as inspiration, both in business and you know how you create this life for yourself that you really truly enjoy. What are you looking forward to most as you continue kind of this nesting period before baby number two? So one thing I didn't expect with Coco is so I worked so that I could have a maternity leave. So it always gets a little crazy pre-baby because it's like we're batching content for like three months in advance. But there's something so beautiful about not having to work. And what it was so funny is when I had Coco, I was so bored, you guys. I did not expect that. So I was like, there's nothing for me to do. She sleeps 20 hours a day. I love this. But like, I also need to like use my brain in a way that's not calculating which boob I fed on last time. <laughs> so this time around, I'm so excited to work ahead and not have to work. But if I want to work, create opportunities for me to just flex that muscle and to strengthen it while nurturing this baby and being a mom. And I think I'm such a like all or nothing person and Mm -hmm. I'm learning that there can be this shade of gray that's beautiful. And so how I can create that in a way that honors both the mother in me and also the CEO and the the founder in me, I'm really excited about that. So I'm doing Mm. all of the must-haves ahead of time, but I'm leaving space for like whatever comes in that new season. And there's zero pressure on it, but I'm not going to say like, I cannot work. I have to not work. And if I want to, I can, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I feel like being a mom forces you to be like, okay, there has to be a gray area. Yeah. And like, I there's ha- an in-between yes. on everything. Like I have to exist in this or, yeah. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it is those lessons that you get without even trying within it. None of it like, is all or nothing, yes. which is so beautiful. And mm-hmm. you're not all mom and no CEO and you're not the other way around. It's like, and there's no such thing as balance. I think there's just presence. If I'm working, I want to be present in my work. And if I'm mothering, I want to be present in my mothering. And when you remove that idea of balance or that you have to be both parts, it's like, just be present where you are mm-hmm. and you're going to do beautiful things. Mm-hmm. And I think that works for any season that you're called into, which is awesome. Mm. That is such a great place to end. Um, yeah. This has been so amazing and we're so grateful we were also on Jenna's show. So make sure you guys listen to that episode. Um, and I think everyone knows where to find you. Everyone probably knows you, but I would love to just share what you have going on, what they can look forward to from you, even if you're out. 
Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Jenna Kutcher and all of my stuff is there as well as my website, which I love my website. We have the same web designer. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we love her. Um, so if you go to jennacutcher.com, you can be connected with everything. And then of course, I love the Gold Digger podcast. We drop two episodes per week. Um, it is the top marketing podcast on iTunes. So if you love hearing about business and strategy, but also just motherhood and reality and life, it is a place where you are welcome. And I would love to have you come over and listen. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. All right, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you so much, Jenna. Again, it's jennacutcher.com. You can find her on Instagram, Jenna Kutcher. And then the podcast is the Gold Digger Podcast. And thank you to our sponsors for this episode. As always, just bringing you brands that we love and use ourselves. Thank you to Sakara, House of Wise, Hum Nutrition, BetterHelp, and Nutribullet. You can find all discount information on our website, almost30.com, as well as in our show notes. We appreciate you all for listening. If you're new to the podcast and from the Jenna Kutcher community, thank you for being here and welcome. We will see you on the next one. We'll see you soon. Bye.